few NHL insiders are hoping yesterday may have triggered something off in terms of more movement. We don't know for sure. Hope so. It is fairly early, though, when you consider we're just past the halfway mark. Mm-hmm. This is doesn't, a thing now, right? Doesn't the season feel like it's like 100 years old? Yeah, are we like, allowed to say that? <laughs> like we've had three seasons in one? We got another half of this thing to go? Oh, my Lordy. God. Let's bring in Rene Lavoie. Hockey reporter for TVA Sports uh, and the NHL Network correspondent. Uh, Renault, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, so uh, you're you're one of the best NHL insiders out there. Is that uh, a move that uh, gets you excited for many more, particularly in Montreal? Oh, yes. Uh, I think that there'll be a big cleanup. Uh, if you look at, you know, uh, what uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton and what, what their plan is, uh, Obviously, to uh, I'll say this, uh, get rid or uh, I don't think it's the right term. But one thing that they they want to do is is they want to they want to be a faster team. Okay, so obviously trading a guy like Tyler to Foley it's a little tough because even if uh, Tyler is not recognized uh, for his speed, he's still a really good hockey uh, player. I think uh, playing in the Western Conference is going to help him. Um, but they, they want to be a faster team. They want to have the same DNA of uh, a team like uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's not easy, obviously, but the goal is not to be good necessarily for one year or two. They want to be really good for, for uh, you know, a long period, long for the long-term uh, term period. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a process and you have to expect other players that are, you know, to be traded in the next few weeks, especially the guys who are uh, injury prone. So the deal goes down as a, uh, a first rounder to Montreal, yeah. which is top 10 protected uh, a fifth round pick in 2023, uh, an unsigned prospect. And uh, who am I missing? Uh, Pitlick. Pitlick. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not cheap by Cal- uh, Calgary that they paid a hefty price. I think so, too. But you know what? There's a really good debate right now. Some are saying that it's uh, they overpaid. But if you look at uh, Tyler Toffoli's contract, it's it's a really good cap number, a little more than $4 million per. I think at $5 million or $6 million per season, it would have been probably a different story. Uh, but, you know, his cap hit is not over the board. I think that it was a great signing uh, at the time by uh, Marc Bergevin. Uh, now, um, you know, Maybe there's some question mark because he's not um, a player that's been healthy over the years, especially in the last uh, free season. Uh, you know, a lot of lower bodies injuries. He, he, he had a hand surgery, but uh, scored a few goals from the get-go right after, so I don't think that's bothering him. But I think the big issues with him are, are, are more his uh, groin, knees, hips. Uh, so really the, the lower body is an issue. So, and, and at the same time, if you, you, you are the Montreal Canadiens, you, you know that. You know that a guy like Ben Sherrod, you need to protect him. You need probably to trade him as soon as possible, too, uh, because you know, the, the last thing that you want is Ben Sherrod to be injured, and you, you just can't trade him uh, by, by the deadline. So that's, that's probably the next piece to be moved. So, Ren, I'm curious how quickly uh, the Toffoli thing came together after Kent Hughes came on board, which kind of leads me to believe that it was something Gorton might have had in the works pre-Hughes. I, I guess yeah. I'm, I'm curious, 
how quick you think they're going to be active. Obviously, they have big plans here with a lot of these guys, but Hughes has only been there for, for such a short period. Yeah, obviously, uh, Jeff Gorton uh, talked to all the GM before. He had a good idea of, uh, you know, what what are uh, what the other teams uh, like um, and probably the, the price that they're ready to pay. Um, I know that last weekend, um, well, I should say, uh, the All-Star weekend was really, really calm. Like, nothing much was happening around the league. Uh, no phone calls. But it uh, it picked up quickly uh, right after the All-Star game. So I guess, uh, you know, they, they work on that deal for, uh, for a week. Um, but I like, like it's been mentioned before, I think there was other pieces in that deal. Uh, but it didn't happen probably because of uh, a Ben Sherrod injury. So we'll see how it's going to evolve Ben Sherrod was on the ice today so you have to expect that he's going to be back at back uh, probably Sunday if everything uh, is going according to plan so it's nothing uh, to be uh, worried about so probably uh, the phone uh, start ringing again a little bit today because he was uh, on the ice and as everybody knows it's not it's nothing major I think it's a ankle injury but nothing uh, spectacular here he blocked a shot on Saturday so there was a little bit of swelling, but not, not more than that. Renault, if, if we go past Sherratt, what are the other names here? You know, uh, I had heard the most calls Montreal's getting is on Josh Anderson. But, yeah. but I, they're, they're not interested in, in moving him. No, because the problem that you have is you're telling uh, the world that you want to be a faster team. Well... If you're trading your fastest skater, it doesn't make sense, right? Obviously, if a team is offering you something that you just cannot refuse, uh, I'm pretty sure that they're, they're going to think about it, uh, and you never know what, what can happen. Can it be part of a bigger deal? You never know. But one thing for sure, um, they, they really like what Joshua Anderson is bringing to the table, rightly so. He's a warrior, um, and, and he's a guy that you want on your team. So I totally understand that other teams are calling for him, uh, to be honest with you. But, but if you're trading him, it's going to be uh, difficult to be um, as fast as you want to be. So we'll see how things are going to turn out. Uh, but I'll be, I'll be really surprised that he, if, that he you know, he's involved in a trade. Um, you know, Arturila Conan is a little bit like that. Um, not necessarily the fastest skater out there, but a really uh, smart hockey player. You can use him on your first line, on your fourth line. You can play him anywhere. So those are two names I'll be really, really surprised if they move uh, by the deadline. What have the early days of Martin St. Louis' time been like uh, in Montreal? Mm. Just great. Yeah. Just great. Just great. To be honest with you, I look at Martin. Um, he's always smiling. He knows that, you know, he, he's coming in a really tough situation. Today was only his second practice with the team. Um, and, and, and he knows that it's going to be a challenge. But at the same time, I don't think that, you know, he wants to rush anything. I think there's a big, there's a plan in place to make sure that everybody understands step one before going to step two. So, and, and, and it's, I, I'm convinced that it's going to work there. He doesn't have, he, he, you know, Martin Saint Louis doesn't have, uh, doesn't need anyone to put pressure on his shoulders. 
you know him. Um, he's going to put all the pressure in the world on his own shoulders. And, and he, he, he's okay with that. He, you know, he's uh, the type of uh, person that uh, really loves challenges. There's a good one in front of him. I think that he's going to spend the next uh, two, three months uh, to work with the younger guys, put a, pan, uh, put a plan in place, try to put a new culture inside that uh, franchise. Um, and players are happy to see him because, you know, he's not, he doesn't have the experience of, uh, you know, the Joel Quenville of this world. No doubts about that. But he's bringing a lot of energy. Um, and, and smiles. So when you you heard uh, Josh Henderson says last when he said last week after a game, um, you know it's not fun to come to the rink. Well, at least the attitude is totally different right now. And and if you look at you know the the three games that they played with under Marte, it's a different team. They they need to clean up their act, especially defensively in the neutral zone. They need to win the you know these battles, but. I don't think that Martin's going to try to rush anything here. Just want to see his team uh, playing the right way. The, the term interim, I, I, I don't understand, though, why yep. Marty needed it. Why this, you, you mentioned changing the culture. You, you can't do that uh, without a lot of time here. Totally. Why, did, why, did Mar, why did Marty need the interim label? Why did he need the, the three-month out? That's a great question. Uh, because when you think about it, he was coaching really young players, okay? Um, and now you're looking at uh, his new challenge, the new challenge in front of him. It's totally different. It's not easy. Um, it, it's, it's a big step. And one thing that Martin, I think, doesn't want here is to come – in a situation or to go in a situation where you'll feel like he's not supposed to be there. So, and at the same time, you need to understand that um, Jeff Gorton and Kent Hughes, they really believe that Martin St. Louis is the is a NHL head coach, but why not use the last 35 plus game during the season to see, first of all, if Martin really likes, the new challenge, second of all, to see if uh, in the management mind, Martin St. Louis is the right guy for next season. You know what? I, I believe that Martin is going to be back. Uh, I'll be shocked if he's not coming back as the head coach next year. But at least Martin will know if he likes it or not. And at the same time, if uh, the management is okay with Martin behind the bench. Um, is there an, an update on Carey Price's situation? Should we expect to see him at some point this season? Well, that's the goal. That's Carey's goal, okay? Uh, probably last month of the season now if uh, everything's going according to plan. But let's be honest. Uh, two weeks ago, said, uh, the next two weeks are going to be really important, and I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. Obviously, there was a step back. He's not skating anymore. He's back in the gym. I think they're trying something else uh, to uh, see how he's going to react. So every time he's, he's going the ice after a few days, the swelling is coming back. So that's an issue. So this is probably the last step before another step. 
So we'll see. But I'm, I'm still personally optimistic. The reason why I'm optimistic, because Carrie is working really hard to be back. And at one point, you know, you have to believe that his knee's going to react the right way. Like I mentioned, I, I believe that's something they're trying something else. Hopefully it's going to work. If not, well, we'll see what's going to happen next. I think it's a little too early to speculate here. But there's a lot of question marks. Just, but I, I want to stay on the positive side right now instead of uh, being too negative. <laughs> I got one more for you. <laughs> it might be a little negative. I'm sorry about that. But uh, no problem. has anyone asked the, 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 the doctors of the Montreal Canadiens how a, a, a surgery that's supposed to be six weeks turns into yep. five months? Well, uh, that's another great question. And it's obvious it's not working. So the, the knee is not responding the right way. But there's other avenues. There's other ways uh, to uh, do things to make sure that his knee is going to recover the right way. Uh, right now, he doesn't need another surgery. Uh, but you never know what's going to happen, right? So I, I think that obviously there's, there's some concern. Let's not sugarcoat it here. Um, <laughs> there's a difference between six months and six weeks uh so the next i think i'll be honest with you the next two three weeks going to determine yep. a lot of things that's the way i see it i don't know if you see it the right way but in my mind the next three weeks are are going to be uh probably the difference between uh being shut down again or coming back and trying to play uh somewhere probably in april one of the best NHL insiders, Renault Lavoie. Thank you so much, pal. Hey, thanks for having me, and enjoy the rest of the week. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Love that guy. He's great. He is great. Also, um, perfect accent. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> really adds to our show. It does. It makes us look so worldly. <laughs> it really takes <laughs> like our, a couple of our, our, our culture to another level, I can tell you that. I feel smarter. Interesting, though, eh? Carey Price? Mm-hmm. Like... So what's going on here, Kipper? What Team are you, doctors. What are, you, what are you getting at? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, I don't know if it's worth it for him to come back. But, you know, at the Period? same time, no, no, just okay. for the rest of the year. But all if, if I'm Kerry, I kind of see if he'd want, you don't need much more than three or four starts because it does remove a cloud. Yeah, of, that can of I get doubt. out there and play a game? It'll change your whole mentality and mindset of your off season going into next year. Is if you can get three or four starts in, regardless of how crappy the team is, if you can feel good, look good, then it it, it takes a little bit of the question mark off going into next season. Just a reminder, a couple of pucks hit you, get a feel for the pace. You know, what have I missed? What are we looking at? Yeah, it just I really do think that going into your summer of training, knowing you got back into NHL action, yeah, like it's a mental thing. Like instead of going into each weight session and non-ice session going, God, it's been a year, it's been this long or that long, you're right, even if he gets yeah. lit. So I hope for his sake he decides to come back or well, he's able to come back. You know, the one thing that has really changed over the last 15, 20 years, maybe even longer, is the perception. And I don't know what the the scenario is. I do not have any inside knowledge into in terms of – uh, 
who's in charge here of his health? Is it the team doctor? Is it a separate doctor who performed the surgery? Where are they on the meeting of the minds? Are they all on the same page? We've seen so many uh, over the years where second and third opinions come in and where the team doctors and where's ownership, uh, where their loyalty is it to the player or their own medical staff. But it does complicate things more than ever the last few years. Connor McDavid's a prime example of what happened when he blew out his knee. And he had different people, his own yes. people. Well, this is actually a thing that's happening around the NHL in many ways. Skills, uh, coaches, uh, their own people, 100%, 100%. So can you imagine now announcing if you're the Montreal Canadiens, and this obviously goes back to Mark Bridgman's tenure, but you're, you're, you're telling people in the offseason, he's, he's coming back. Six mm-hmm. weeks, he'll be good to go. October, November, Carey Price for is, Team Canada. is in there. We just came off a Stanley Cup final, and I got a, a ton of energy going. And then, you know, we, we know the mental illness uh, scenario uh, obviously pr- took away from your your time to rehab your knee. But last time I checked, doing nothing is also a, a, a way of rehabbing. Good for the body. Good for the body. More wow. time to heal naturally. But something's wrong here. Yeah. yeah, something's wrong. Physically with his knee mm-hmm. to continue to swell after the surgery happened in what, August? Like, does he need something else, another surgery, something to clean that up? But you're right. Uh, I think it actually brings to light a really good question of how much should players be allowed to control their own treatment and care, which... I think most people would listen to and say, well, all the way. But if you have multiple cooks in every kitchen here, you know, whether it is skills or it is nutrition or it is doctors, it's physiotherapists, and it's, you know, there's just so many people around the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. You walk in in that building, I mean, it's like walking into a beehive of blue. Just, you know, everyone's got someone doing something, and then guys have their own. It's just, it's so many people. So I understand the the interest for teams in wanting to simplify well, and, and cut down and, don't you uh, just listen and, to our people, okay? And and the, and the uh, the documentary at the beginning of the year, all or nothing. Mm-hmm. I remember Kyle Dubas and and Sheldon Keith sitting in the office and wondering about Frederick Anderson. Is he on the ice? I don't know. Is, yeah, you're like the two is he wearing equipment? Someone go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> is he wearing equipment? I don't know. Take a look. Yeah. Oh no, just a tracksuit. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's funny, but it is a big part of it. There are like so many layers between the people who need information and it's i think some would argue that it's too complicated at times and it could be could be simpler and there are or maybe worse long term just look at eichel he yeah eichel's a, a, a prime example yeah the team said do this and he ended up getting what's almost clearly a better treatment i mean i guess we'll see if it holds up but it sure seems like it right now a, a different treatment we'll wait and see how it it kind of plays out here, but uh, mm. certainly the Vegas Golden Knights do not have that uh, that worrisome feeling that Buffalo had losing control mm-hmm. of his uh, of his surgery. No, they got him. He's healthy by all accounts and going to play tomorrow night. You know that we we haven't we kind of beat around the bush on this ourselves and didn't really get our to give our opinions on the LTIR thing. Um, and Mark Stone going on it, you know, Wardo said that he doesn't think the league's going to like it, and he thinks the league's going to 
take a look at this, but he said they do have all the documentation. And my point on this is any team who wants to do it can do it because doctors consult the players and say, well, how does that feel? And the guy can say, bad. And the doctors say, well, back feels bad. Here's your report, can't play. So I don't know that documentation is going to make a difference. It's I, easy I, to get. I believe he, he does have issues. Of course he does. He has issues. Not for a second claiming he doesn't have issues. But you got to also have a guy that's willing to go down this path. Of not playing and saying, playing. I'm going to let it heal for longer than it needs. That's right. And Mark Stone's a competitive guy. Like, there's no chance he's sitting in a press box if he's just healthy. But I think the case could be made to him that think how much better you'll be with this time. You know, who gets the chance to take this break this season? I'm just wondering, just in general, I'm not speaking of Mark Stone and and the Vegas Golden Knights, but will more players be pressured to feel worse than they really are Mm -hmm. for the sake of giving your team the best chance to win a Stanley Cup. That's the bigger picture here. But look at the type of players who have done it so far. Patrick Kane, Nikita Kucherov. Have they both won a Hart Trophy? Did Kane win one? No, but he's been close if he, if he didn't. Um, and Mark Stone, who guy who's been in the Hart Trophy discussion. We're talking about some of the best players in the league. You have to be an established guy with a real paycheck that you're confident in <laughs> to say, a yeah, comfort yeah, zone. I'm going to take a nap here for a couple of months on the season because you have to sell it as this is your best chance to win a cup. What else do you want to do in this game? What's the point? So you guys were talking earlier, I think it was with Warlow, about the, about the owners, about how they would feel about it, right? And how like they kind of just let it slide. I, I kind of understand that perspective. As a fan, for me, it's very annoying when I'm watching the Lightning do what they do. And now for the Golden Knights, if they're doing this, it's kind of annoying. But I'm not the type of person they're trying to appeal to. I'm going to watch no matter what. As a league, don't you want your best teams to have as many great players playing super well at the most important time of your season? Isn't that the... Like, I, I understand why they wouldn't really care that teams are, are bending the rules like this. You want a sick team. Like, you want the Lightning to have Kucherov and all these guys mm-hmm. and be over the cap. Who cares about the cap at that point? I, I just I understand why they're not nixing it. Yeah, I do too. And I also get Kipper's point that just, like, how could you even nix it? You know, like, how could you go to them and say, well, you know, you can't have Stone on LTIR. And like, what do you mean? His back hurts. Well, you could, I mean, you could have it be that there there is a salary cap in the playoffs. Yeah, that would that's, be bad. That's how you do it. Right? Like Nothing's if, changing, guys. Will that Nothing, be part of the next nothing, CBA nothing, thing? Because uh, it, uh, be. it is tough to create this scenario willingly that Vegas and is finding themselves in, right? Like, it's outside of legitimately going to a healthy player and saying, will you do this? Imagine that. Imagine right now if the Leafs said, all right, we're going to finish. We don't care. First, second, third in the division. We don't care which one it is. Austin, how much you want to win a cup? Would you want to take a couple months off? So we can go out and acquire a $10 million player at the deadline. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, that hasn't happened yet. I'll, I'll throw this at you. Don't, don't take it from that perspective. Take it right to Sammy, super fan. Mm-hmm. If you told Sammy and his Leaf Nation right now that you need to check Austin Matthews in a hotel for <laughs> for the next two months mm-hmm. to go get a $7 million defenseman and then bring him back after the trade deadline, would you do it? Well, we could talk about Willie, maybe. <laughs> 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 
No, I no. I don't. Because at the end of the day, I don't I think the market I think the market's different here than it is in Vegas or Tampa. You know, like a, it's a big part of what being a Leaf fan is and watching the Leafs is Austin Matthews. He's one of the most breathtaking players in the NHL playing along Mitch Marner. Like I don't think you can just in Vegas, you're getting rid of Mark Stone to bring in Jack Eichel. You know? Like you look at what they're doing what they did in Tampa with Kucherov. I I think it's a completely different situation, and I don't think any Leaf fans, myself included, would want that to happen. I like watching Austin Matthews a lot. I, that's very enjoyable to me. So I want to keep that going. Yeah, I just, you know, if you if you sell it that you get Matthews and you can watch him in June, that's probably pretty good, right? Probably a pretty good trade. Not yeah. see him for a couple months here to see him in June. they have going to have to, and Alec Martinez also uh, is, I think, still up. On the uh, IR as well. And Martinez makes 5.25. Eichel's ma- Eichel makes 10. So they're 15.25 between the two of them. They're at the salary cap. Stone makes 9.5. He's going on LTIR. How is this going to work? Well, y- you need to trade Riley Smith at $5 million or yeah. Marcheseau. For a pick. And you just get out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you cannot get... bring any salary back, but you have to unload one of those guys. And I assume that that's – they've been trying that. What about Leonard? So now Leonard's hurt. Leonard, oh. Leonard's hurt, and Leonard makes uh, $5 million a year, which almost gets them to the number they need. You know, could they just LTIR him? Not, not all the way to the postseason, though. Like they could temporarily you know, it, do he's that. He's got a shoulder issue. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they've got the, they've got some figuring to do here, but it seems almost certain that they're going to have to trade someone. They're going to have to be active. But I mean, I would love to. If I'm being honest, I want to see Vegas put this team together in the playoffs. I want to see them have all of these guys. I'm a fan of great teams and greatness, and I would like for Vegas to be you know to have all these great players they've gone out to get. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I like the fact that they had the jam to go get a guy like Jack Eichel. I do. Yeah. You well, know, they, and now, they're putting, Kipper, their, they're putting their neck on the line on that one. You know what else is putting their neck on the line? Rumors about Marc-Andre Fleury. A reunion with Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, that one, um, I'm not sure if I'm Marc-Andre Fleury. At the end of the day... They picked Robin Leonard over me. Oh, you think he's, he'd be heard about that? Sorry? How would you not be? Uh, that's just common thing. sense. Well, you look at the thing. salary cap. I think if you're Flurry, you say, oh, I made more money. They needed more room. They no. think we're the same goalie. No, 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 no. They sent me to Chicago for literally nothing. That's pretty wild. Robin Leonard came in and took the number one job. And it was set up where they gave him the opportunity to. They painted that picture. Then they turned around. They gave him a five-year, $5 million contract not to be the backup goalie, to be the guy. I just don't know how Vegas turns around and says, hey, Flower. um, Come back. Sorry about, Miss uh, you know, giving away your number one job. Would you want to come back and try to help us win a Stanley Cup? I don't know if it's that easy. You know, I, I guess I don't know how that relationship ended either. But, you know, for the temptation, the fans would love him, right? Fans in Vegas love Flurry. He was the guy. 
They got a good chance to win the cup and the softer side, you know, if you win a Stanley cup somewhere, you're beloved. He wasn't the guy to the most important decision maker. Yeah. And that's your head coach or your general manager. You'd rather go play for the Capitals. Well, he also turned the puck over at the, the most important time for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Habs in that series. Passed it to the front oh, of the net. I thought you were going to bring up Canada as a junior or something. Well, I could if you want. <laughs> it depends how far. Kipper, how close have you looked at your lineup? Uh, very look close. At oh, okay. Why? I was gonna, I, I, had a, I had a trivia for you. but I, I didn't see it. Okay. Uh, not that closely, apparently. It's about, it's about Austin Matthews. Yeah. So, Austin Matthews this season. How many goals do you think he scored against the Atlantic Division? Uh, so, uh, how many games? We're, we're 45, 46 games into yeah, the year. 10. Oh, you didn't even give me a chance to answer. You know, he's, no, he's played, he's, he's, he's played 10 games against the Atlantic. This, by the way, is the most fascinating stat of all. The Leafs have played 10 yeah, games. But they, haven't, they haven't played Florida. They played two against Tampa. Uh, Kipper, they haven't played their own division. Yeah, they haven't. They've played less than a quarter of their games against yeah, their so own division somehow. Who has he scored against? Washington? Uh, not many. Two. Yeah. And he's got 30 against every other division. Yeah. 30 goals in 36 games against other divisions. Two against the Atlantic so far through 46 <laughs> games. But th- that's coming up now, right? We've got a ton more. Florida three times, correct? I just think, yes. I just think Pittsburgh it's Im- Thursday. insane that they haven't played no. anyone in their damn division yeah. so far. Well, no, Pittsburgh's in uh, the Metro, so. Yeah, I'm selfish about Pittsburgh here. I'm praying that Sid doesn't get a goal tonight. So he's coming into Toronto on Thursday. We're going to be there. Some fans allowed back in. It's going to be on Sportsnet 590. The fan would be really cool to see a milestone event for Sid. Getting I love that Ontario is like, when's Crosby and crew in oh, town? Yeah, allowed, uh, yeah. yeah the, uh, the, the, the province is open at 7.05. Puck drop on the 17th. And 500's <laughs> a special number, too, in the one. National Hockey League. It's a big one. I was in Montreal. Uh, I was in New York. For your 500th? When, uh, no, Messier's. <laughs> Messier's was cool that no, night. Was it? Yeah, we had a nice little celebration that night. Yeah. Yeah, full coattails. I was driving <laughs> that night, you know, and it was a hat Did trick goal. Like, uh, it was a hat trick goal. It was the, uh, oh, cool. I think it was the, you know, the, the off, off wing shot. Yeah. The far, Messier. Far post, the Messier. Yeah. His, uh, did you guys drink to stay light? Were you drinking vodka sodas like guys now? <laughs> little Buddhas? <laughs> little Buddhas. <laughs> Under 90 calories, sugar-free. <laughs> no preservatives. Matthew. All organic. Oh, yeah. They were around back then. Yeah. Matthew's 500th is one of my favorite moments of the Leaf. Uh, overtime. Who now? Ma- oh, sorry. Matthews. Matthews. I'm like. Uh, good. Was I, was I asleep? <laughs> yes. Was Sundin's, Sundin's 500th for the Leafs is one of my favorite Leaf moments ever. Uh, Did they go on the ice? Is that is 500 a hat trick? Because his hat trick goal, shorthanded overtime. Slap shot over Mika Kippersau's right yes. shoulders. Do you remember right. it? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, was watching that on a grainy TV in the back of Pizza Hut when I was working away. There you you know who also had 500 Way to stay goals. focused. You Thank screwed you. up that order that night. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was locked in. I actually got in trouble from the manager because me and my buddies were screaming F yeah at the top of our lungs uh, in the back of the restaurant. Everyone was like, yeah, we heard that. You're so, a whoops. degenerate. Yep. Uh, also 500 goals in the league. Uh, Yarmer Yager turns mm. 50 today. Playing hockey for the Cladno, Cladno, the Cladno Yagers, I assume, at this point. <laughs> yeah. 50 years old. You got a, a Yager memory, uh, Kipper? No, I, I just do remember, like, Brian Leach was one of the best defensemen in the league, and he would have fits playing against him. It was, yeah. he wouldn't sleep the night before worrying about trying to 
slow him down. Such a unique player in the history of the league. Just like the the pace he played at, the size, the hands. There's the protection. Yeah. The you know the big ass. Yeah. Getting pushed out. When I think of players and giant asses, it's like him and like the way Hosa used his. Same. Crosby's a good ass guy. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a quote I need <laughs> made into a Kovalev. sandwich board or Kovalev. something. Kovalev. Kovalev. Yeah. Yeah. They could. Uh, Sundin too. Yeah. Hold guys back. Yeah. Okay, first of all, uh, and, and and Sid owns the Flyers. He's getting it tonight. He's getting. He's getting. Oh yeah, it, it was. It was. It's really wishful. It's really, really wishful. I think thinking. he's he, he scored uh, like ten percent of the goals in his career against the Flyers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm quickly bringing up his. Stats that's a big number. Can can I make this Yager comment, which is goes against counter, uh, you know, opinion? I don't give a damn that he went to the gym at weird hours with a key. I'm so sick of these Yager stories. Ah, he had a key to the gym and he would go in at 8 p.m. Why do I care when he lifted? It's, well, no, nobody cares. It, it's it's not about, you know, it's, it's just the fact that that's how obsessed he was compared to everybody else. That's That's what yeah. the storytelling is. It's telling you... What he's willing to do when no one else is willing to do it. You know what? I I, I think, I guess I'm bringing that up because I heard like, you know, is it uh, Stafford used to, Matthew Stafford used to throw passes to Cooper Cup at 6 a.m. They'd be there before everyone else throwing these these passes. And someone was like, why do I care it's at 6 a.m.? You know, like just put in the work. Does it matter that it, You're in the NFL. Is it somehow <laughs> harder work? So, like a, uh, Sidney Crosby in his career against the Philadelphia Flyers in 78 games, is 49 goals, 68 assists for 117 <laughs> points. The next, he's, it's not his most. The Islanders have gotten it worse. 123 and 76. Yeah. He's done some 123 damage. points in 76 yeah. games. Against the New York, New York Islanders, 39 goals, 84 assists. Uh, and, I mean, he, like, like, he really does go after everybody, obviously, but he, uh, yeah. And we'll have the next couple of days to kind of tee up the Leafs versus Pitt, but, you know, Pretty good, pretty good time for Matthews, Marner, and Bunting to go up against Crosby, Gensel, and yeah. Rust. Be hell of a yeah. battle. Yeah, and he in in his forty six career games against the Leafs, he has sixty three points. So it's not like he's been a slouch against them either. I am fascinated by the best lines in the NHL. So the Crosby line you mentioned, Kipper, is the best line in the NHL by goals for percentage, which just means plus minus. You know, they're on for. If there's 100 goals scored while they're on the ice this season, they've scored 76 and given up 24, whatever the actual numbers are. Uh, they are the most dominant. The, the next most dominant lines are uh, the Hartman line in Minnesota, believe it or not, uh, the Lindholm line in Calgary, uh, the Backland line. Sorry, is the Lindholm line, that would that be in Carolina? Anyway, the Backland line and the Matthews line. Those are the five best lines in the NHL so far this season. So that Crosby line being number one, Matthews line is, you know, still significantly behind. And that was Crosby off a fairly slow start. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he missed a chunk of games, right? And came back with not exactly lighting the the league on fire, but he's back rolling now. Is Berkey still working for them or... He is. is he? Are we going to get him on the show, Sammy? I don't know. I'll do my best. It's not like he's busy, I mean, doing anything. It's still the same team that Jimmy Rutherford hung, uh, handed him over. <laughs> not like, uh, you know. You can <laughs> tell him that. Not me, but. <laughs>
Well, you know, don't look now, by the way, that that Pittsburgh team that didn't start the, the season out all that great, I actually think they were in last in the Metro at one point. They are uh, in first in the Metro in raw points and second in points percentage. First, ahead of Carolina. So they've got three games. They've played three games more than Carolina, but they have 68. They, they're, they're knocking on the door to be the best win a president's trophy. Oh, they're, they're cruising. They're cruising right now. Uh, Florida has 69 points. Pittsburgh, 68 uh colorado 72 has the most and they also uh, have a few less games played so colorado your front runner but you know don't don't count out that pittsburgh penguins team nine, real nine games on tap tonight uh including the edmonton Oilers and the la kings that's a big one here uh they're coming off a three nothing win last night against san jose mm-hmm. jay woodcroft uh couldn't ask for anything better to start uh but tonight uh, that's a big test right here because uh, Edmonton's chasing a team like LA. Two well, points behind them right now. I think so. There you go. This is a huge um, feather in the cap for the Kings that ha- over halfway through the year we're discussing them as a relevant team in a playoff race. You know, when you tank, there's no guarantee you ever come back. Like Buffalo's been there forever. New Jersey been there forever. Detroit been there a long time. Arizona. Arizona. But now. The Kings are turning it around. They're real. Ben Sherratt linked Kings? to the LA Kings. With I don't know. They're not that close. Maybe they don't need to be doing that. Right? No, 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 no. There's a ton of pressure to, to win now. Is there? Yeah. Uh, In LA. I don't see him there yet. I was just being complimentary, but not yeah. there. No, there. no. In the next few years. Hmm. And for sure this year. All right. That was a quick two hours again. They're always quick on the real Kipper and Bourne show. They are. Our thanks to Aaron Ward and Renee Lavoie. Thanks for listening. We're right back at it tomorrow on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Thanks, everybody.